This is the Land Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Whitetail Properties Real Estate. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your weekly resource for habitat management, wildlife management, and recreational real estate. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to the NWTF show here in Nashville 2020. We've got a um, pretty awesome podcast, I think, set up. we got Chainsaw Chad here and then two fanatical turkey hunters sitting right in front of us. And uh, we're just going to start off the show by, by sharing some turkey hunts, some, some memories of, of the woods. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourself, your names, and then uh, Chainsaw Chad, we're, we'll let you throw out a first turkey hunt memory here. So who do we have here on the left? we got Jeremy Wood. Okay. Uh, Jason Mitchell. Jason and Jeremy. Chainsaw Chad, let's kick it well, off with turkey I, hunt. I, prefer, I think Jason, Jason, let's tell yours from last year. You had a little, I think it was last year, where you got redemption finally. Let's, let's go with that. Ooh, you, a redemption you've story. You've had a little more redemption. Uh, me, you talking about the one that I killed last year with my little brother laying behind yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, we got on a bird uh, early that morning. You know, of course, like always, you know, they don't typically work work well off the roost. <laughs> so sure. we sat around until about 9 o'clock and finally get back on this bird and two and a half hours sitting on top of him within, I'd say, 75 yards. Mm. He finally decided to walk out, and uh, I finally killed my first banded bird. Oh, uh, it hello. Was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, the only problem is when you got your, you know, brother, your hunting partner with you, and you jump up, and your legs are asleep, and you face plant. <laughs> you know, I, I was lucky. Uh, my little brother's been my best friend, my, yep. my best hunting partner my whole life, but he did uh, stop and check on me before he went to the turkey. So. Oh, sweet. That means he cares uh, <laughs> a little bit more about you than turkey hunting. Well, it, it, I know where Chad's coming about on the redemption because he's killed three or four banded birds, I think. Son two or three. Uh, I never have. My first one. I've sat and listened to him shoot them. <laughs> but this one, was, this one was pretty special because it was the first one I'd ever killed. Right so. on. That's awesome. All right. Jeremy, what about you? Well, I mean, this spring was was pretty nice. It's, you know, being in Arkansas, it took me three years to kill my first bird in the state right. after moving here. Yep. And this spring, was it finally happened. I spent a few days before season opened listening to birds. They're gobbling their heads off, you know, Saturday before the season, Sunday before the season. Decided to get set up real, real early, like an hour before sunrise, climb in. Get, get set up against the base of a tree. 6.15 comes around. You know, crows start going off, and it's just dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know these birds are in here. They're right uh, here. they got to be somewhere around here. I don't know what's going on. They checked their calendar Sunday evening before yeah, flying up. It seemed like it. Well, I dropped too far down into a bottom and just couldn't hear them. Oh, gotcha. And I ended up, I climbed up about 50 to 100 feet in elevation, and all of a sudden they're, they're hammering, going off. Mm. And so I ended up dropping back down, making a big swing around to get up above this bird. Next thing I know, I'm set up. I'm facing downhill at this one bird. <sighs> right behind me. <laughs> Another bird. Had, had you, oh, completely different bird. You hadn't completely called Completely different bird. Hadn't really called. I just kind of scratched some leaves. Maybe did yeah. one little minor putt. You know, not putt, purr. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, crap. I mean, this 
directly, 180 degrees on the other side. So I spin around. I'm hearing him spitting and drumming. He's, no. he's got to be only 60 yards away, something sure. like that. And I'm looking through grass, foot tall, looking for a fan, looking for a head, not seeing anything. Other birds still going off behind me. Finally, I can start hearing him spitting and drumming. He's coming up too. Oh, you were sandwiched. Oh, yeah, right in between them. <laughs> So I spin back around a little bit, trying to kind of split the difference, see what's going to happen here. Then you get the dreaded, see a head come up, see a beard, start swinging. I know it's a legal bird. Right. I think it's all done at this point. He drops back down. I can't see him. Couldn't see where he came in from, (laughs) any of that. He was hiding behind some blueberry bushes. Oh, yeah. But he made a fateful mistake and started heading towards that other bird. Got out to about 30, 35 yards and gave him the shot. Folded. Went to flopping. Oh, gosh, I love it. Sometimes when you get in those positions, those, you've got birds all around you. You don't know which way to spin. You don't know to sit still. And it's just like, all right, which one of you is actually going to appear first? And it's a 50-50 chance at that point. It's like, mm-hmm. I just don't know. That's what makes it exciting, though. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. there are a few trees that I have wore the bark out around the bottom of the tree. <laughs> Circling <laughs> it. It's like, which bird's going to get here first? Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are the good mornings. Oh, man. You know, yeah. those, those are the awesome yeah. mornings. That's Some, what makes makes your heart pound and keeps you going. Yeah, and sometimes you may not kill those birds. I, I've had that happen. You're, you're just in the thick of it. You don't necessarily walk out with one thrown over your shoulder, but sure enough, that was a fun, fun hunt. That just means you get, in to, the keep, birds. You get to keep hunting. Uh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tag, you know, filling a tag kind of bittersweet. Oh man! You know, yeah. It's uh, so like I was. I said, told Jeremy yesterday. I saw a thing the other day. Where I think it was Cuz said he wished he could breathe life back in that bird where he could right. hunt it, hunt it, hunt it again tomorrow. Hunt it again tomorrow. That's it. You know. And I think that that's that fuels just a lot of turkey hunters. They can agree with that statement. Um, it's it's sweet to throw one on their shoulder and walk out, but man, if you don't have a buddy to go with the next day, it's like, oh man, I don't want to sleep in. I just want to listen to him just being the thick of it. The again. weather's gonna yep. be perfect tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. 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 just yeah. knowing you're out. in the game, it makes oh, all the difference. You know, hearing that gobble, knowing that bird's out there, maybe yep. getting to play with it a little bit. That's right. And then even if you don't come home with them, at least you know you had fun that morning. Got That's a lot right. to do. That's you, right. You know, it's one of those things. That it's bad when you're so eat up with turkey hunting that the week after season you're still going out and listening and seeing where birds are at. <laughs> that, you know? that just means you love the resource. Absolutely. What? You know, I, I, it was funny last year, my little brother and I both work, work in the woods, so we're yeah. out there constantly. And he texted me, he said, where are you at? I said, I'm listening to a bird just gobble his head off. Gobble, yeah. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm listening to three. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that figures. Always always trying to beat me, huh? Absolutely. Always trying to get Absolutely. the edge. What about you, Chad? You got any turkey hunts from last year? Uh, no, we were on a couple hunts we together. I but guess we haven't actually shared mine. You know, I, and I guess I had, I did actually fill two tags. The the first bird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't yeah. shared the video of that yet. No, we but, have not. Um, so I'll leave that one in suspense. The other one went back to the, the old standby place at Lebanon, and yeah. I, I couldn't leave them be. I had to fill that second tag there knowing there were plenty of birds. I'd, oh, yeah. I'd taken the landowner there, and he'd killed one. We'd taken some others, and I knew there were a lot of birds. And that's what I kind of had the same type deal. I got surrounded. That's right. You did kind of get surrounded. I, you were spinning around like a top. I had found three birds. There were three longbeards and a couple jakes, and I set up on them to try to call them in, and they gave the classic Lebanon look, like, oh, yeah. head up, eh, I don't know about this, and they started situation. to walk off, and I'm trying to decide my next strategy when all of a sudden I see a red head to the left, 
and here came one charging by that had made, well, I'd, I'd heard turkeys gobble, but the other birds at those times, I couldn't see their heads, and I just assumed it was them, because it was the same type distance, and it was the same general direction, and yeah, this other bird comes charging to the side and came like 10 yards from me, and the rest is history on that bird. But <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. That's a special, special place. That that yeah. farm is just incredible. You could you could be dropped off middle of the middle of that place in the morning and just sit there and just drool till one o'clock. They're just birds kind of in every direction. Might be a little low point, eight thirty to nine, but you just sit back and say, maybe we'll go grab lunch, uh, breakfast. We'll come back and there'll be that, birds in the field and you just spot them and that ten to eleven o'clock there is it's been a, it's, it's been bad news for a deadly. lot of birds. It is. <laughs> we've intentionally it's fun to hunt birds on the roost there, but we've intentionally gone and hunted other spots just to come back at nine thirty and just, just start patrolling. Just checking some fields and there they are and making that plan of attack. It that's a <laughs> and it can happen fast there too. Woo. I mean that that year Adam and I had the two within about fifteen minutes. It was it was actually eight minutes from when the one the one shot, the flopping, filming a little bit, walking back out towards the truck. Now let me just stop and hit the call, box call, and then three run across the pasture to the gun. And they went under the fence, didn't they? They came under under the, under the fence. One, the we one, have, that's the right. one two, two did not. One committed underneath of the fence, and um, that is demise. But it was eight minutes after he shot his. That's awesome. I mean, and and, and it was I think two minutes before one o'clock close. You killed. Yeah, you killed it was late. Close. No, no, we had we had twenty minutes left. That's okay. That's okay. Was, yeah. I'm remembering it now. We had twenty minutes left of shooting time. Yeah, yeah. And Adam killed it with nine minutes left. That's right. That's pushing it. Yeah, it was that's pushing it. That's, that's the good thing about technology nowadays. Oh, yeah. years oh, yeah. ago when you had to have the thing checked by a certain time, you had to hump it out of the woods. Yeah, I remember those days in Missouri. You had to factor yeah. in that walk and then that drive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you had to be yeah. at the checking station by three. By three o'clock, I think, or three. I yeah. think it was three. It was cut off the last time, uh, one one time, and we were, you know, we were way deep off in a spot. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, we got to kill this bird because it's going to take us, an, you know, hour to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then we got to find the check station. Yeah, <laughs> which can sometimes be, could sometimes be a problem. Where, back yeah, in those where, areas. where we were, I didn't even know the roads really well. I mean, <laughs> right. you, we, we drove in there in the dark, so yeah. sure. you know, some of us might have slept on the way in there. So <laughs> <laughs> just get out, hoot, get on a bird. Yeah, the good old days. The good old days. Well, you know, we say that, and and I think, I think if we unite together as hunters, everybody here, we can have those days back again. I'm I'm not. They're not. Let's say, in the past, behind us all. I think that there's still some awesome stuff to come if we take the right approaches. And that kind of brings us into the second portion of the podcast. You know, intentionally. We just opened up the podcast and saying, "Hey, we're all turkey hunters. Let's let's talk turkeys and um, start there with some common ground. Share the turkey hunts because everyone get excited about that. I, I was getting thrilled just listening to to you guys' hunts, and I think everyone home listening can do that as well. But um, there's another dynamic here to you all. Um, but first and foremost, Chad and I are hunters, land managers, landowners." You guys are hunters, landowners. 
but there's another element to you all that I think to some people would separate you from the true connection that we have, which is being turkey hunters. And so you guys each have a patch on your shirt. And uh, why don't you just describe to everyone what it is you do and then I kind of have that understanding of what I'm talking about. I'm saying there's a little bit of a separation between what people really think of your positions. You want to take it off, Jason? I, I can. Go ahead. Uh, my position is uh, with the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. I work yep. as a regional wildlife biologist, and I deal mostly with uh, cooperative areas and our partnership with the national forest system right uh, lands uh, we deal a lot with you know trying trying to get the habitat work done on the ground mm-hmm. uh, you know which can be it can be a chore sure because it's two federal used the federal and a state agency working together but you know and, and we throw the nwtf in the mix and you've got three cooperating agencies three entities, yeah we're all we all kind of have the same goal right uh, but you know we're we're out there doing doing the surveys. We're out there doing the on the ground habitat work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I like to step back and think, you know, we just burned this area. I may be in here turkey hunting. I'm yeah. a turkey hunter too. There's oh, nothing that I'm more passionate about, right, uh, than turkey hunting. And, and that's what a lot of the public doesn't understand is that you know, hey, we're turkey hunters too. We want it to be the best it can be. You know, yeah. I would love to go out and hear 50 gobblers every morning I go. Right. You right. know, I want my head just to have to sit there and spin. Like, which way do I go? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so. And, and you're actually hunting public ground. Absolutely. I mean, you're hunting ground that you actually manage. Absolutely. So there's another uh, another side to that, too, in the same sense. Yeah. You're benefiting I want it, I want it else, to right? be the best you know i i've got children that hunt mm-hmm. right I, i've got a girl or two 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 girls and a boy every one of them hunt right i want that property to be the best public ground it can be because yeah i've got access to some private to hunt too mm-hmm. but there's a difference in hunting private and, and public land sure especially large tracts of public land uh you know but it, it's that that habitat work and those partnerships that you can build that get stuff on the ground done. Right, uh, right. And that, that's kind of where my job, you know, it, it means a lot to me. I know there's kind of a disconnect sometimes because, oh, you guys are a state agency. Y'all are trying to tell us what to do. But no, we're not really. We want it to be the best it can be for every hunter out there because we are sportsmen ourselves, and we care about the resource. We care about the sport. And, yeah. you know, we want it to be the best it can for our family and, and future generations. Right. You're, you're, you're not only managing things, but you're a consumer as well. Absolutely. And your consumer interest, I think, in a lot of times, especially like, let's say this day and age where there is division among um, hunters and, and we're seeing declines across the state, across the nation in turkey populations. It's like, oh, well, you're in this category. And I just can't for the life of me understand why people want to take the community of hunters and the common ground that we have and then just go split things because you work for a state agency. No, no, no. You're a consumer of the resource and care deeply about this resource. Absolutely. Like you're passionate about managing it, about hunting it, 
and managing the ground that you have, let's say, under your control um, or under your influence as a manager. But the decisions you make, sure, they, they are within guidelines that you're given in your position, but it's very much turkey driven because man you're passionate about it and you probably in that position compared to a lot of other people who could have that position and you're the best guy for the job when it comes to a guy like me who might come to Arkansas and hunt well I want the guy who's overseeing that to be a passionate turkey hunter because he's going to do more for the resource than maybe someone else I just don't understand why generally people are having this disconnect and I think the only way to get over that hurdle is to talk about it yeah you're right. Uh, ed- education, uh, public relations. I mean, yeah. that's a big part of it. Absolutely. You know? and, and that's that's the good thing about where I where my job is. Sure. And it, there's a little bit of a difference between me and a little bit and Jeremy right. in this aspect. Right. The land that I have a hand in influencing is actually my home ground. You know, there's nobody that cares more about your home ground than <laughs> right. your home your homegrown boys. You know. Right. Right. But at the same time, Jeremy came to us from out of state. Right. And is just, it's a different perspective. But I can tell you, I have been so proud to, to get to know Jeremy. Right. And everything since he joined us three years ago. And, and it, it's been a, an unbelievable, it's been an unbelievable three-year trip so far. So Sure. Uh, and I can't wait. It's it's going to continue. Well, hopefully we'll keep it continuing for a while here. <laughs> He's like, I want, I want that job. So, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about what you do uh, for the state of Arkansas. So, I'm the, the statewide turkey program coordinator for the state. So, pretty obviously species-specific here. I mean, yeah. singular focus, essentially, on, on wild turkeys in the state. And, you know, so being a turkey hunter, I mean, this is about the dream job. You know, you sure. get come here on all I've got to think about is turkeys 24-7, 365. You know, my, my wife knows more about turkeys than she ever <laughs> ever cares to know. Uh, we talk about it all the time. And, you know, so I love, you know, what I get to do and working right. with folks like Jason on the ground to, to try to benefit the bird, benefit the habitat, and see where we can make, make improvements. You know, you, you spoke to the declines that we're seeing, you know, right. in Arkansas and throughout the southeast. And, you know, taking that desire, that passion to see birds improve and have birds for not only myself to hunt, Jason to hunt, you all to hunt, hopefully my, my son, you know, down sure. the road to hunt, that, you know, taking that passion and figuring out what we can do to see that continue down the line, see those numbers come up, and that that's a great spot to be in. I know it's challenging, but... You know, it's it's great to be in that position. Who doesn't like a challenge, though? <laughs> well, let, let, let's kind of speak into the, some of those challenges. Now that we've we've had the common ground, right? We're, we're all turkey hunters here. We're all passionate about the resource, pursuing it, and improving it as a species and as a landscape, or across the landscape. Now we know each everyone's positions, right? We all are state employees. We primarily work on, on uh, private land. Um, but that doesn't matter. Like, we're, again, we're all in the, in the fight, if you will, together. But you guys have a unique set of challenges um, when it comes to making decisions to manipulate the ground that you have under your control and then being able to um, make budgets, uh, have budgets approved, and then implement those budgets. It's not like where Chad and I can go and say, hey, I'm going to crank up this saw on Saturday and start dropping some trees, then three weeks later, I'm going to burn that. 
you guys aren't, unfortunately, in that exact same position of snap your fingers, immediate action. So I want you guys to, if you will, kind of paint that picture of, of how your job works because that's a big disconnect when it comes to how, how, how Habitat gets improved out there and what, you know, why people may see this, like, I want to say frustration or, or, or they just don't understand that, like, your jobs are challenging. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they really are. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, from a state agency perspective, I mean, it, it takes a lot of planning to get a lot of that Habitat work right. done. It's it's not, you know, you just open up the bank account and go out there tomorrow and get something done. <laughs> right, you know, right. a lot of times you're planning for these activities a year or two years in advance before you get to that point. You know, certain activities, prescribed fire, for instance, yeah, that might be more of a last-minute decision. You've already kind of planned, you know, what areas you want to target in a given year. But depending on weather conditions and things like that, you know, that can pop up, you know, that last minute and say, okay, we're going to burn over here tomorrow, things like that. But a lot of those bigger picture contracts when you're, you know, going out and hiring a contractor to go out there to do chemical injection work to kill some undesirable tree species that have grown up and are shading out the understory, I mean, you don't just go out there and pay, you know, Joe Schmo to come in here and and cut trees. You've got to go through a bid process, you know, solicit those and then hire that contractor and get them out there and give them specific, you know, plans on how to do that. And, you know, I think a lot of folks don't don't realize, you know, what all goes goes through to that process and think, you know, why aren't we doing this here or there, you know, right now? Yeah. And, you know, that, that is tough from the, from the agency's perspective, but it's not something that, you know, we're, I guess, naive to or, you know, ignoring. You know, we, we try to do what we can. Yeah. It, it's the reality of the situation, but, but those who may have a step back and not, let's say, the insight into that, it would probably be more frustrating for them because they just don't understand the, the, those challenges and restrictions that, again, you guys face and deal every every single day. And it's not that it's necessarily a negative thing. It's just the reality. And, and we're having a, a, a real chat about it. So I think that if we're talking about it, um, the things that you guys deal with on a daily basis, it'll bring more light to the fact that, listen, these are passionate turkey hunters who are trying to do everything under their control and their power to improve that landscape. And it's not going to happen overnight. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you said earlier, you know, you go out Saturday and crank a chainsaw up and drop some trees and all. I, I, you know, I could do that. Uh, my cooperating partners probably wouldn't appreciate <laughs> it. And I might not have a job for very long. Right, right. Uh, you know, it, it kind of lends it to that self. It's like Jeremy said just looking at our individual agency there are challenges we've got to go through you know there's planning stages you know you've got to secure funding then you've got to get it approved you know we can't just say okay we got this money we're fixing to spend it you know it has to go through an allocation process and and get approved and and all the paperwork you know there's there's paperwork 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 and that's with any job you know oh totally trust me when your uh, auditors (laughs) walk in you want to have your paperwork in order that's right you throw a job, like my job, working with, like, U.S. Forest Service, uh, NWTF, you know, we jumped off into a stewardship project, and, and it's one thing that some of us were a little bit, I, some of us didn't know what we were jumping off into, but looking at the end result, I mean, it, I think it's going to be an amazing project. Uh, and it was all based on, hey, let's do something on the ground. Let's right. try something. You know, none of us have ever done a project like this in this area. 
let's jump in here and do it. Well, you know, we had to go through our agency. We had to go through NWTF. We had, it was a whole sit down at the table, go through everything, everybody take it back to their people, make sure we can do this. I mean, it's not an overnight process. It's not like you and I saying, okay, hey, we're going to go down here and we're going to lease this property, and this guy's going to let us go in here and do this habitat yeah. work. And it's, it, it's different than everybody's used to. That, that's it, one it of is. the biggest things. It's, you're used to doing your job a certain way, and now it's let's try doing this differently because of this because of the turkey. Let's let's try doing this differently. You have people within those processes that it's a they're going to have to do more work, and they may not have the same interest as you absolutely in some of these other agencies. But it's their they may be just the paperwork side. They have to do more paperwork. It's it's different, and you're having to convince them to to take on a little more work. It's not. I mean, who likes to take on a little more work just because? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly where you're going with that, Chad. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody likes the paperwork aspect of it, yeah. definitely. But when you go out there, last week we went out and, and burned an area that was WSI under the stewardship contract. And I, I want to tell yeah. you, I, it was, I was dragging drip torch down through there. And I, I got to turn around and watch the flames go through there and just consume all that stuff and clean that up. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is awesome. You know, and, and that's another thing that you, you have differences of opinion. You, as hunters, we all have our own, I guess, quirks. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. To, for we'll, lack of. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. <laughs> you know, that I had a boss about four or five six, seven years ago that told me at a public meeting, a guy told him, he said, oh, we're burning all the turkeys up, blah, 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 blah. He turned around and looked at me because it was on my area he was talking about, and he said, well, I'll let him answer this. And I said, well, I, all I know to tell you is, is every day he'll let me take off, that's where I'm going to be sitting. Right. You know, is where we've done this habitat work because I know what's coming. That's it. You know, and, and it's not just during that. It's during deer season. It's during quail, quail season. You know, you, you've got to have some disturbance on the ground, and people have don't understand to. that. Have yeah. to. And you guys aren't managing just, you know, 200 acres here and there. We're, we're talking large tracts of land, especially when you get into cooperation with the U.S. Forest Service. Yeah, There's a lot of public ground in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're I mean, looking at just, 3 million acres in the, in the state alone, and then yes. you spread that. You know, Jason's WMAs are, what, 140, 200-something thousand yeah. acres apiece. Uh, I mean that's a lot of ground to cover and try to try to do a lot of work and then, on. And then to try to work off of those WMAs with the Forest Service, you know, uh, we've got I think eight large, you know, ten to fifteen thousand acre walk-in turkey areas that yep. we're we're beginning to get some. And, and that's what I had a gentleman. We were doing a project here within the last couple of weeks. And it's one of those that kind of catch your attention because you have a guy drive in and he said, "Well, I'll be calling the district ranger in the morning." and I'm sitting there thinking, what are we doing that he's not liking? All I'm doing is, you know, mulching these roadways, trying to daylight these roads back. And he said, man, this is the best thing that's happened in here in 40 years. Nice. And yeah. I was like, you go ahead and call that district yeah. ranger and please talk call. to him. <laughs> please. Because we need, and, you know, I sat there and talked to that gentleman and yeah. told him, I said, spread the word of what we're doing. But, yeah, this gentleman that, that, I met, you know, I, I spent the time. I took 30 minutes, 
to yeah. sit down and explain to him, okay, you know, this is what we're doing. I mean, he he showed a positive interest, and he was interested, and he was grateful that we were beginning to do something in an area that hadn't had anything done in a long time. Right. And I told him, I said, we're trying to daylight these roads back to, to provide habitat for, you know, quail, turkey poles, uh, even, even, you know, uh, deer sure. and bear. I, I mean, you know, we're trying to manage for all kind of species. I mean, I have I have bear, deer, turkey. Sometimes somebody says mountain lion, but uh, we're not that we're not going to discuss yeah, yeah, that yeah. today. Uh, I'll leave that for somebody else. <laughs> Jeremy, quit trying to laugh over there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, I, 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 that's an obligation I feel caring about the resource. That if I find somebody that's interested and is grateful for what we're doing, I want him to. Okay, yes, sir. I'm going to explain to you why we're doing it, what we're doing, and I want sure. to try to get that word out there. Yeah. You know, he's, he's going to go talk to his hunting buddies and say, man, you ought to see what they're doing over here. Right. And and hopefully spread that word. And, and you know, when people start seeing that the positive stuff you can do on the ground, you know, maybe you won't have the guys throwing darts at your back. You That's know? it. Yeah. Some, someone uh, will stand up in the crowd at the meeting and, and throw that support to you guys. Yeah. Uh, opposed to just continue to question, 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 question. When again, at the end of the day, everyone wants the same thing. No one's going to be complaining when there's more turkeys, when there is more deer chase. They'll complain about something else, right? But, yeah. but what I mean is, that there, when the game species aren't critically or, or declining uh, and, and their status is here and there's bigger deer in the landscape, everyone's going to be some, singing some, some praises. So we know that lack of management isn't the answer absolutely we got to be in there disturbing things and, and and sometimes yeah you may not agree with every disturbance but um just because what well, chad you yeah. said earlier just because you have like an emotional tie to that tree or that ridge man that that's that doesn't mean that that memory can't carry on because the site looks different we got to manage the site and the resources as a resource and not emotionally attached to it you have to be ready to look for things to change. Sometimes, I mean, disturbance is disturbance for a reason. Like, yeah. trees are going to get cut. Trees Fire are. goes through, and sometimes trees die. That's just nature, and you have to accept that, that things change. Nature's always changing. And it's, it's sometimes it's tough to, it's a tough concept to grasp that it's not always the same. If you walked away from that, it's not staying the same. Right, that's for sure. And I mean, you've got a bird that, you know, it needs fairly specific conditions. Right. You know, when you, especially when you're thinking about nesting and broodering, and you know, when you're talking about change, you know, the only inevitability is change. That's so, you it. know, if that burn comes through, and you know, that's that's great brood rear and habitat for about a year or so, then all of a sudden that vegetation's continuing to grow. You've got more grass, you've got more woody plants starting to grow up, more yep. herbaceous plants coming in there. All of a sudden, you've got pretty good nesting habitat. Well, if there's not that active management coming there again, you know, two, three, four years down the line, that's changed. And what are those birds going to do? They're going to move. They're going to go right. try to take advantage of, of that habitat condition somewhere else. 
So if you continue that active management in there, you're going to see those birds persist in that area and stick around in that area and maybe hopefully expand from that area as you continue the, that management elsewhere surrounding there. And, you know, so that's that's a big challenge and making sure that you're doing that. And I mean, with as many acres as are out there to deal with, sometimes that's, sure. that's tough to do. Well, yeah. you guys can't be everywhere, right? Like, and, and especially for, for birds, like there's, there's probably focal areas that you guys are really intensely managing because... Let's say, let's say on, on some of these big WMAs or, or forest ground that you guys are working in collaboration with them, let's say you go do a 100-acre thinning project, and then you don't come back to that site um, for three years, right? Yeah, that was a good site, but, but what happens if you had gone back and thinned the next 100 acres and then burned? Like, the over overlaying more diversity into a certain area like spatially for the bird is really important and critical but you guys literally can't manage three million acres in a year you can't manage it in 10 years there's gonna be some spots where yeah you might not go back in for a little bit but you're doing what you can absolutely i mean and and like i said we try to get as much done on the ground it's hard to cover you know, I work specifically in the Washita region. Uh-huh. You know, it's 1.2 million acres of public land. Yeah. And I work close with the Forest Service. You know, they have a lot of personnel. We have some personnel. But at the same time, when you look at, at areas that are that large, there's going to be some areas that are somewhat neglected because it's hard to cover that. I, I mean, I don't know how many people it would take if I owned a million acres of land. <laughs> <laughs> to manage it. I certainly couldn't do it by myself. And, yeah. no. and just the nature of the way the Forest Service works, where they're going through watersheds as project areas, and they, they rotate through these watersheds and do the timber management in those watersheds. Well, they can't, they're not going to cover the whole Forest Service land. It's one watershed to the next to the yeah. next. It may be a while before they get back in and do some major disturbance within those watersheds that they've just hit, but it's upon us to do some minor stuff within that and the fire disturbance. We're, your hands are tied on, on some of the stuff that you can do on, on Forest Service ground. It is, they are. I mean, our hands are tied, and, and it's one thing that we've been discussing, too. And I, I, like I said, I work closely with those guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of on some of the ID team meetings and, and, and the, some of the planning. And, and we've been looking at some of that. I, I, we've brought this up. Uh, it's kind of a concern. It's like, look, okay, if we can't come back through this area, I mean, they've got an, an extremely large land base to manage. Sure. So if we go in here, like Chad says, and we, we do some timber work in this area and we walk away for 20 years, then that habitat sitting there degrading over that 20 years until you get back around to that watershed we're trying to incorporate and kind of time some of the work in there to where it's ongoing. So yes. it's a it's a patchwork in that watershed. 100%, yeah. Uh, you know, that way you don't just, okay, we're going to go in here, we're going to do all this, we're going to walk away. Well, over, you know, eight or ten years, you're doing this patchwork of work in here, and and it's it's habitat for, it may, be, it may not be turkey habitat. It may be deer and bear habitat more than it is turkey and quail habitat at some point. Right. Over here, but over here... Man, it's awesome brood habitat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's awesome denning habitat. You know, and, and then throwing those burns in there, making sure you get that, you know, certain timber work, if you don't do some prescribed burning in it, I mean, unless you want to wait for a wildfire to come through it and yeah. clean it up for you, uh, you know, you, you need that. 
And Chad, I'll, I'll have to tell you this real quick. I threw a Chadism for lack Uh-oh. of a better term Uh-oh. out the other day. I, I was actually helping burn on one of the areas the other day. Oh, and I, yeah. I hope it's the I, one I'm thinking. I scorched a good tree, and I turned around and looked at them, and they said, man, you, you did a number on that tree. I was like, it wasn't supposed to be there anyway. <laughs> if, it took, if it didn't take the fire, it wasn't supposed to be there anyway. That's yeah, a good one. I, I like that one. That's a great way to, to it know was right. that you're managing natural, you know, historical significance of that site, right? Yeah. The tree wasn't supposed to be there. Well, it was funny because <laughs> right across the fire line, Chad did the same thing last year. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe so, it. <laughs> that's what I was told anyway. Yeah. You got blamed for Wouldn't that. Last one. year, it would have been a little before that, but yeah. I mean, and I... I I always claimed that um, if I was killing trees, I was doing I was doing the Lord's work. There you go. I was getting it back to the way God designed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the Lord's He's work. the one that put it all here. Oh, that's right. A hundred percent. That's, that's he, funny. He puts the trees where they need to be. He puts the fire where it needs to be. Oh, so That's it. That's it. Well, there, there's, there's so many elements to this stuff, guys. And, and um, we appreciate what you guys do because it's – and especially from – I feel like I got a – a cushy job of working the private side of things where we roll in, write a plan, and start executing, right? Um, y'all don't have that exact same luxury. And I think telling the backstory of that so people realize it, educating them on the processes that do have to happen to manage it. Um, so when they see good work on the ground, like you guys are doing in these areas, they can appreciate what you guys had to do to get there, right? And, and why you're doing it, it's from a passion, passionate hunting, I'm a hunter, I don't say first, but like that's that's motivating for you guys because you're in there hunting them. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I sit there and, you know, what we do and what we can do on the ground, it's, you know, we can't do it without, you know, without hunters out there on the ground, potentially, right. you know, their support to, to the state agencies, whether it's through license sales or, you know, for us now, we have a voluntary turkey stamp that, the, That's right. The, yeah. The proceeds of that stamp are used to fund habitat work, like what Jason's done there on in the Washita's, and working on one of these turkey walking areas. Those funds, you know, those are all voluntary. Folks right. didn't have to put those in those dollars in there. They didn't have to buy that stamp, but they were willing to put the trust in our agency and into our program to to go out there and and do some of this good work and. Now we're in the first year of that, you know, really off getting off the ground, seeing some of this work get done, and it's going to be exciting to, you know, share those stories with folks and show those pictures of the, the before and the afters, mm. and it's it's going to be awesome to see. Yeah, I love seeing that implemented, you know, the, the voluntary additional co- contribution that hunters can have. And, and that's where it's like, y'all, everyone listening, you may not work for the state, but there's a way that you can help support it and get out there and uh, be a part of the transformation and the creating a more usable space for the wild turkey in, in Arkansas and other states, I think, are going to have discussed doing a stamp like that as well. Um, so I think that's going to be kind of a reoccurring thing. So you may, you may not be in Arkansas or choose to hunt Arkansas, but those are opportunities that I think are coming for the resource itself. So um, I just think it's super important to highlight the fact that we're all in this thing together no matter what state you're in, no matter what um, resource your, you know, excuse me, the, the, the status of that resource is, many of the people who are driving around in the state trucks, federal trucks, they're very passionate hunters, first and foremost. That's why they chose this route, this job. And so show them the respect. 
definitely. And, and now I'd be remiss too. I, you know, I'd, I'd miss this second of bringing that up. You know, talking about just you know hunters in general in the state agency, but you know, you've got an organization like NWTF and a lot of the state chapters. I mean, a lot of the volunteer efforts come from those individuals as well. And, right. you know, their dollars going into state super funds. I mean working with the state agencies to again continue to push this habitat work that's all important there's all all different ways that folks can sit there and participate and support their state agencies or, or the nwtf and to see better work done for wild turkeys in their state you know again whether it's arkansas whether it's florida georgia you name it you know those opportunities exist everywhere and you know it's it really helps a lot when, when you get that support and absolutely. start start being able to share share those stories absolutely well, guys, anybody else got a, a quick turkey story they want to share? I, we could end it on another turkey story. I know he's a killer over here. Come on, you got one. Oh, that's my little brother you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll share one, okay, being, being the fact that, you know, I'm I'm not a native Arkansan. I'm not a native Southerner. I'm a, I'm a New Englander. And, you know, so when I go up back home and I, I hunt turkeys up there in the northeast, I'm hunting suburban turkeys. Right. I'm hunting birds that are hanging out in people's backyards, gravel lots, things like that. <laughs> well... We live on the coast, and I grew up on the coast. And one of the areas that we hunt, you know, is this old gravel pit, and there's a soccer field around, this old cap dump. And, you know, we we had these birds. We drove in, we drove right by them on the, on the way into where we could hunt. There's three toms and a few hens there, and I mean, it's blowing 20, 30 plus miles per hour. And like we're we're not going to kill anything today. There's kids playing soccer over here. Like, I mean, this, this isn't going to happen. So yeah, I mean, you know, we're thinking this. There's no way this is gonna happen. You know, we're just going up there. We're kind of just shooting the shit, hanging out, and hopefully I can say that on here. <laughs> and, and you know, we're just we're hanging out, and it's like, well, I'm gonna bust the call out and see. You know, sure. so I start cranking on a glass slate call, and next thing I know, that bird walks up on one of these gravel piles, and he sticks his head up, looks in our direction. I'm like, and he walks back down off the backside. I'm like, well, he heard us. You know, that, yeah, that's yeah. about it. I guess we can probably start heading out of here look back and next thing i know that thing's tucked his wings and he is sprinting up the hill (laughs) everybody else is in tow hens the other two toms they're all coming wow you gotta be kidding me we're scrambling there's no guns out there's nothing everything's locked in the back of the truck no no face max nothing (laughs) so you know anyway make a long story short basically we finally get everything out i peek around a porta potty and (laughs) (laughs) oh crap he's up here we run oh, off man. the back side of the hill, and we slip down there, and eventually another five, ten minutes later, we call them right down the road and get wow. a great shot. And it was, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> man. Yo, so, what John t- Hunt. so what you're telling me is New England turkeys are, are huntable. Pretty silly, huh? <laughs> they, they can be huntable. You just got to find a place that's huntable. Okay. <laughs> that's I'm that's the disa- challenge. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't hide in the porta potty and try to shoot it from the porta potty. I, I have thought about it a time or two. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of them that have blown off the top of a hill. Oh, <laughs> man. Wow. What a cool story. Well, guys, thanks again for, for what you do, your effort into uh, managing natural resources. And um, keep at it, keep grinding. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.